here's my question. Do things have to be considered cannibalism to be considered wrong? Or can other things be considered wrong? Waiting for a break in the rain Waiting for the moment to change your lane I came home from the wasteland Heroic and triumphant like a comic book girl Created out of nothing like a comic book girl Hey! Hello and welcome to These Messages. I'm your host Parker Renavira, you she, her pronouns, <laughs> and we've got some lovely guests out for you today. Uh, who, are, who are you lovely people? Please don't make me do a transatlantic accent. Please do. <laughs> I, no, I can't do one. Give it your best shot anyway. Do you think? Oh God. Do you I think Andalites can so do much. accents in their thought speak? I feel like it would be easier to do an accent in thought speak because I think in accents much better than I speak in accents. I figure an accent in thought speak is very much like an accent in like sign language. Mm-hmm. Just slightly different way of doing things. How you feel about it instead of like the physicality of having it's a mouth. It's the flavor of the thought speak, you know? You guys ever think mm. about the physicality of having a mouth? I try not to. Well, now I'm very aware of it. Thanks a lot, Erso. <laughs> oh, oh, God, I hate that. I want to morph something that doesn't have a mouth just to see what it's like. Just to shut you up. Who are you people, please? I did my cool intro. <laughs> oh, sorry, Parker. <laughs> Hi, I'm Cassandra Kelly. I use she, her pronouns, and I want to learn how to do a transatlantic accent, but I have not learned yet. Maybe I'll learn while I'm stuck on the couch in a few weeks. Also, yeah, guys, I'm leaving you for foot surgery and hanging out on my parents' couch uh, for a while. Hi, my name's Erso Wren, and my fun fact this week is that I won the Spring Halloween costume contest at my work. And have- now I have $75 gift cards to multiple places, actually. so That's so spicy. Also, you have Halloween in the spring? That's so cool. I want multiple Halloweens. Oh, yeah. Didn't you know some towns celebrate seasonal Halloweens for each season? What? Like there's a, a spring, summer, fall, and winter Halloweens. I live in the, like two towns over from Erso, and I, we don't have that. But uh, I gotta go pull some parks and rec outsets and show up at my local government and be like, "Hey, why don't we have multiple Halloweens? Come on!" Yeah, you should do it. I think in my town, the children rallied like consistently enough, and they were yeah, they were they were armed. they were striking. They formulated a mass line. They I'm were so armed and and striking outside of city hall <laughs> for more candy more times a year so it works fine for me because i love getting dressed up what what did what, what, you win how'd you win what were you i was a i was a dog as per you know my usual must have been a really good dog outfit yeah that's the thing is that fursuit i was gonna say i i could i could only really imagine that it's a fursuit which is like fine no judgment no i'm judging it was it was all makeup that's impressive that sounds horrifying anyway um Fortunately, given my proximity to the coast, I am always transatlantic. This week, we're reading Amorous Volume 28, The Experiment, narrated by Aximili, Eskaruth Isthil. I got a, I got a, I got a, I got a synopsis here for ya. Uh, you want to hear snap. a synopsis of this year, of this year book? Sneep snop. Sneep snop. Axe is <laughs> acclimated to Earth and human society with a new shelter in the Axelimated. woods and a Acclimated. Acclimated to Earth? I hate you. Listen. <laughs> That's supposed to be my thing. <laughs> You're just always faster on the draw. Axe uses a hacked satellite connection to watch soaps while the other animorphs are at school. 
Uh, Tobias and Axe are flagged down by Eric and receive some of that sweet chi intel. The Yurks now own an animal testing facility and an abattoir for reasons to be discovered. The only way into the testing facility is through specimen receiving, so the Animorphs break into a supply truck while it's en route and swap in for the chimpanzee specimens, setting them loose at a stoplight and causing an absolute ruckus. <laughs> it is a beautiful day in Southern California, and you're a horrible chimpanzee. <laughs> Upon arriving at the facility, they throw poop at Visitor 3 and free all the Good. other chimps before I escaping. hate that. <laughs> I tried to forget that part ever happened. In scouting the slaughterhouse for the next phase, Axe and Tobias find that all the entrances are protected by Gleet biofilters. As such, the plan is to morph two specific cows, complete with ear tags, and smuggle in the other animorphs as flies in the cows' nostrils. Uh, Axe and Tobias morph uncastrated bulls, and in the animorphs' wackiest hijink yet, Marco drives the cow truck to the slaughterhouse in gorilla morph while wearing clothes! <laughs> Partially morphed gorilla morph. <laughs> if a partially morphed gorilla wore clothes, would he wear them? Is he? I thought he was in full gorilla morph the entire time. No, it's partial because he can talk. Oh man, that's maybe worse. Yeah, it's yeah. extremely worse. <laughs> I feel like holding a morph for that long must be really like holding like mid morph for that long must be really difficult. Accent Tobias carry their fellow morphin teens through the biofilter onto the killing floor. Rachel saves Axe from a captive bolt stunner, and a melee ensues. Our savior teens retreat to a back room and find a bunch of humans in cages. A cowardly controller reveals the Visser 3 has ordered his underlings to create a GMO that will remove free will in humans, and that with no success thus far, the underlings have been faking positive findings to defer his wrath. The Animorphs save the captive humans, escape the slaughterhouse, and kick back with a trip to the food court. This is... Far and away the fastest wrap-up any book has ever had in history. Yeah, they sure do just, uh, just like, oh, the next day we were at the food court. It really reminded me of the, uh, the one scene in that one journal ages ago where it, it was a, a, an abrupt transition to a dream sequence that Marco was having that I didn't realize. So it was like, everybody was just at the mall all of a sudden. I'm like, wait, is this another dream sequence? But yeah, I, I thought it was, it was a dream sequence too, or like they were going to do like a time skip for like convenience purposes but no i was like is there a page missing what's happening <laughs> no my favorite sentence in this book is uh, on chapter 27 at the beginning it is the sentence in the food court <laughs> uh yeah it was the next day we were at the mall in the food court my favorite line my favorite from this... part my favorite part which i think my i started speaking first <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. here how about how about this you be axe and i'll be marco it's at the end of chapter two. How about putting on a shirt, Marco asked. The men who are young and restless do not wear shirts. I am young, and I am occasionally restless. <laughs> Axe? Yes, Marco? Put on a shirt. Mm, I did. <laughs> then I folded my scoop down. Yeah, anyway. Isn't that your favorite part, Erso? Yes. <laughs> I was saying, it's at the end of chapter two. Why did it take you so long to find it? Oh, yeah, because you had your paper copy. I didn't have the paper copy of this one because undoubtedly some adult in my young life had the foreknowledge to not buy me a, a book with a picture of a cow turning into an alien. <laughs> <laughs> the adults in your life are cowards. <laughs> cowards. <laughs> Steerer. Steerwards. Oh my god. No. No. Okay. What's going? What's going on with this book here? <laughs> so it's much. It's fake. 
I'm really happy that I'm really happy that we got uh, like a hardcore sort of written out acknowledgement of the fact that Axe knows that he's Tobias's uncle. I'm so happy yeah. about this. <laughs> it's yeah, very same. funny to me. It, it continues to be funny to me. I'm your best friend and also your uncle. I'm the uncle. very definition of a modern major uncle. <laughs> 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 uncle Andalite sounds like a sitcom. <laughs> I'm telling you. It was a sitcom in the 2050s. Oh, that. <laughs> Listen, oh, I have serious really things to say me. about this book. I just want to talk about how it's all a sitcom. Every character in this book should live in a house together, and they should all be part of a sitcom, <laughs> including Visser Three. <laughs> Okay, so so chapter two acts is asking Tobias about like what the social function of kissing is and like what the deal is with that. Acts, there must be there must be some sort of like cultural analog to that that Tobias doesn't know about because he doesn't know much about Andalite society. But they've got to have something. They do. Do you want me to spoil it for you? Yes. So Andalites, instead of kissing, they touch their hands to each other's faces very gently and stand very okay. close and like lean into each other. That's sweet. I like that. That's cute. But also, like, I really hope that Axe is, like, teaching Tobias about this other culture that he now knows that he is a part of in a kind of odd sideways way. Like, is Tobias an and I feel like Tobias is an Andalite. Not biologically, but, like, by adoption or whatever. And I just hope that Axe is, like, teaching him about Andalite culture. I think that's already been the thing, you know? He taught, yeah, he taught like, Andalite, I mean, he taught Tobias what a what a shorn is and all about the rituals and yeah i want to see more of that though me too me In these too accounts i think that would be fun okay listen i just want to say i have an entire analysis of this book ready to go whenever you guys are ready oh i don't okay. i just want to talk about the fact that the cover looks like the most bizarre thing i'd ever dreamed about was it a sexy dream Moving on. Have I told you about the person I know who dated someone with a cow fetish? All right, so I'm gonna delete this whole discussion, <laughs> and we're gonna go to whatever analysis this is of you that, that you have, Cassandra. As long as it's not about horny nothing, things, it has nothing. It's not horny. If it's even Except a for little bit horny, horny for knowledge, I'm horny for knowledge. If it's even a little bit horny, you're immediately banished. Some some cows are horny a little bit. They have little horns on their heads. <laughs> <laughs> I walked I walked right up to that paddock. I walked right up to that paddock and I saw that joke and I was like, yep. <laughs> you stepped right in that cow paddock. I stepped right in that cow pie. Oh my god, you guys. <laughs> Is this entire class discussion just gonna be cow jokes? <laughs> anyway, no, so I can only action. imagine that hey, Professor hey. Laoti knew what he was getting into with Shut the cow up. jokes. So I have a very serious thing to say about this journal. I've actually okay. been waiting for us to get to it. Put strap it on our serious suspenders. Well, we're strapping on our conspiracy suspenders. If I'm going to be real with you, those are I like um, those suspenders. They're they glow in the dark. They have glow in the dark mm -hmm. alien faces mm -hmm. on them. Suspenders nice. suck. Shut up. What's a more serious article of clothing? All right, kids, strap on your serious cover buds. We're going to do some work here. <laughs> I don't know how long we've been in this class discussion. It feels like 20 minutes. The point is... My whole um, life. I'm trying <laughs> to say three sentences. This is how I feel all the time. <laughs> preventing me from saying those three sentences. 
pauses for probably 30 minutes. Okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. Go. I promise so I won't interrupt. Stop talking! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I hate you two so much sometimes. Oh <laughs> <So> <laughs> Actually, no, I don't hate you. I merely want to lock you in a jail cell and then drip acid into that jail cell over the course of several thousand years. Once for every time that you interrupted me or made a bad pun or told me I couldn't say something comically horny. And then at the end of those thousand years, you would say, thank you, Cassandra. Thank you for all of that acid you dripped on me for it showed me the error of my ways. And I would say, yes, I did it for you. Are you a dominatrix? I'm dying, Squirtle. <laughs> Badoof, badoof. <laughs> <laughs> I got cranberry sauce in the meantime. <laughs> I think that this book is the nexus of evidence that Cassie edited these books extensively before releasing them to the public. Okay, there's my sentence. Great. Do with it what you will. I love that. Tell me more. So this, even though this journal is from Axe's perspective, purportedly, it does seem to me like... It's got a lot of Cassie's agenda in it, which is an agenda I have mixed feelings about. I'm I'm not judging her for the agenda itself. The feminist uh, agenda. The gay the agenda. Vegetarian. No, that's my agenda. But this book is ridiculous, is full of bull, literally and metaphorically. I refuse to believe that this happened. It's so contrived. And I think that Cassie was like, mm, I gotta put a book in here. And, you know, maybe this is, like, built off the bare bones of some mission that Axe did write a journal about. And Cassie was just like, mm, I gotta put a book in here to flesh this out. Time for the Cassie agenda, which I support in some ways. I want to be clear. But so I feel like there are so many things about this. I feel like I tried to remember to write some down. Oh, yes, I wrote one of them down. I wrote, so here's here's my biggest piece of evidence okay. that this has been heavily edited by multiple people, not just Cassie. Okay. I don't think anyone in California says cats up. I think that's a spelling thing. That's just like... That cannot possibly be pronounced ketchup. Kids back then were taught to spell ketchup that way. I, I, Why? I, I don't know. I looked <laughs> I it up. Never heard of I'm that sorry, in my but Catsup looks like a Midwesterner thing to me. I, I looked it up. Kids were taught to spell ketchup this way. I, I disagree strongly on all points. I think that this happened. I don't think that this is Cassie's agenda. I think that this is a normal and natural reaction to seeing the factory farm industry up close from the perspective of someone who's not used to the way that we subjugate the other species that live with us on this planet. I have several objections to what you just said, but also I I agree that factory farming is generally pretty awful, although complicated stuff, whatever. Um, complicated stuff that I don't know a ton about. I just have vague recollections of reading something about it. But um, one of the biggest things that feels contrived to me is less like the description of factory farming, which I agree is generally awful, and more the bit at the end about how the meat is gonna like make people compliant with the Yerk's agenda. I'm so I know it doesn't work, but even just the concept, I'm sorry, but that sounds like Cassie was up at like 3 a.m. trying to finish this journal when she, before she like you know whistle blew and released the contents of the journals to the public. 
go her we love a whistleblower and she was like i've got to write something i've got why did i do this why did i decide we were gonna be in a slaughterhouse for this made up mm-hmm. oh man uh, uh. and she just was like oh i know the meat has compliance drugs in it <laughs> cassie was just like i want to talk about free will i want to talk about vegetarianism I disagree because I fully believe that Visser 3 came up with this plan. I was going to say, I okay, think he's smarter than this. I, I fully believe that Visser 3 was like, there must be a way to mind control all the humans. And everyone was like, not really. He's like, remove their free will with GMOs. And everyone was like, uh, we, if, if, if we GMOs don't do are it, good. Most of our foods if, are GMOs, if actually. If we don't do this, he's going to eviscerate all of us. We have to do something. Eviscerate. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, I fully believe that this was something that he decided was possible and then, like, browbeat a bunch of controllers into, and then they were just like, we have no idea what to do, so we're just gonna, like, this is fully a Visser 3 idea, and everybody in this story knows that it is hot steaming nonsense. I don't okay, think so- that, I don't think that Cassie made this up because I think that this okay, is something so- that the Visser, yeah, I think that, I think that's his fault. I will say that even if Cassie did not completely make this up and did not make up this, like, the general outlines of this, I do still feel like when she released the journals to the public, she must have heavily edited this one to advance her vegetarian agenda, which, again, I'm a vegetarian, so I'm not necessarily objecting. I think that it's just written kind of clumsily, and I think that it really shows that these journals must have been edited. As a fellow vegetarian, I I don't think this is the product of a great degree of editorial oversight. I don't, I don't. I think it's a product of editorial oversight that was not focused on quality. I don't want to critique the pros. I don't think that's valuable. They're teens. Yeah, what, what about the sort of sentiments that are expressed in this book seem like unbelievable to you that you think that they're sort of like, oh, we're going to tinker with these events. Like what, a, what about the experience of being confronted with the way that animals are slaughtered in the nineties strikes you as being implausible or unbelievable? Like what about their reactions or like the sort of messages that they're taking away from that as teens? Remember? Well, that's actually kind of what I was thinking is that they are teens and they are, as Marco says, they are idiot teenagers with a death wish. I mean this in the nicest way possible about our savior teens, as Parker calls them. But sometimes they are very shallow because they are like 13 or 14. Yeah, I was about to say, they're also kids. <laughs> yeah, they're kids. Like, I... I thought like this when I was a kid. Well, you were possibly a very unusual kid because I did not. I want to be clear. The reason that I'm a vegetarian has nothing to do with like, oh, factory farming is bad or like, oh, it's bad for the environment to eat a lot of meat or anything. It is 100% based on like shallow, like, oh, I don't want to eat cute animals. So I don't even, I, this is, it's not like I don't care about factory farming being bad because I do, but for me, it's just like, that's not even relevant to why I'm a vegetarian. It's just like, baby cow cute i do not want to eat baby cow or adult cow because cute um which is why i still eat fish because to me fish not very cute haven't you in the past gone over that that's like a false dichotomy of like considering something is cute or not considering something is cute yeah, and no, associating this is a bad value. reason i'm, I'm not okay saying this is a good re- i'm saying this is a this is objectively a terrible reason for me to be a vegetarian however it is the reason that i'm a vegetarian or pescatarian like in the past or current primarily in the past but i did not feel guilty about starting to eat fish again when i started eating fish again and i think that probably was because i was like well 
they're cute. They're not cute. But no, this is like an objectively terrible reason. But the point is that the horrors of factory farming when I was this age had nothing to do with me becoming a vegetarian, even though I was aware of them. The fact that they are so concerned and so like eloquently concerned in some ways kind of it feels cheesy are you talking about the conversation about free will or like what else are you referring to specifically i don't really remember because i was reading this in a hurry earlier today i feel like part of this definitely happened and then yeah definitely part of it just was made up (laughs) wonderful we have the spectrum maybe they discovered some sort of like experiment that the yurks were doing but perhaps it was just unclear what was actually there once they got there you don't believe that a whole bunch of human controllers would be like, oh, we've been given an impossible task, and so we're going to just, like, pretend that everything's going great and then deal with it later? I believe that people would, like, do whatever they can to avoid Visser Three's wrath, but it just it all seems a little silly, to quote Cassandra. Thank you. <laughs> like, it's a situation where it's like the Elemist, where it's like, this seems like something that... <clears throat> Maybe someone somewhere along the line and making these into like books for kids would do to make them more digestible, pun not intended. Yum, yum. I gotta admit, this book really made me want a burger and I have not had a burger for like- I hate that. I hate that this book made you want to eat meat. That's repulsive. The description of the burgers at the end, I was like, oh man, I'm hungry and this sounds really good. Even though I know if someone handed me a burger, I would be disgusted because meat is just gross to me because it's been so long. I just feel like a lot of them feel like that where it's like, oh, it's like some, I'm kind of like, you got me going like a hundred pages in and it all sort of makes sense. And then like in the last like 50 pages or so, it all just seems a little like <laughs> cartoonish. I would say that the the only part of this that seems cartoonish to me is is Marco driving a car in Gorilla Morph. That was my favorite part though, and I didn't I didn't feel like that was that cartoonish. Here's the thing, that's absolutely something I could imagine Marco doing and thinking is a good idea. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Also, he did it before. It's it's like one of the books that uh Professor Leon's not having us read. Why Marco didn't has- we read it? And that's why Jake says he has experience, even though it's heavily implied in this one that the experience resulted in the truck being destroyed. I want to eat an axe burger. I have a funny bit about a, a axe thing. murder. I want to eat axe burger. What? Blue burger, please. No one uses fax machines, but call you'll hear the noise. Statues left by ancient Greeks, the perfect cheeks of goddesses and boys. that Jake had to do a paper about makeup, not just like a paper to make up for another paper. That would be fun. <gasps> I thought that was, I was that Marco or was that Jake? Well, no, because so, so Jake has to do one and then Marco also mentions that he has to do it and I only actually figured out that it wasn't a paper about makeup when Marco was also writing one and mm. I was like, hold on. Well, didn't he say that it was a makeup, makeup, makeup paper, a makeup cubed makeup paper? Right, and that was the moment I would jump like, okay, hold on, Marco's masculinity corner. And his name is John C. <laughs> If Marco is really forced to write a paper about makeup, he would be... Wailing, rending his clothes. <laughs> he'd be complaining so hard. And then that is the moment that I realized that the paper is not about makeup, but is in order so, to make up Did you, like, never have to write a makeup paper in, like, middle school or high school or whatever? I mean, I, I wrote a couple makeup papers. I wrote about the history of Chanel for, uh... No. 
papers where you were making up for the fact that you did not God write another paper. Oh, I just missed the point again, didn't I? Wow. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a ditz. I'm sorry. I don't recall. Probably I did. I wasn't a great student, so I, it's likely that I, I mean, did. I mean, I'm very familiar with the concept of makeup papers because I wrote a lot when I was like out sick in high school or whatever. So yeah. I knew what it was. Anyway, also, I hope that in your paper you wrote about Chanel being a Nazi. That's actually, that was my, my thesis. It's like, oh, yeah, actually, okay. uh, Coco Chanel was a Nazi. So, whoa, anyway. I didn't know that. Like, Nazi or fascist? A literal Nazi. Part of the literal Nazi. Literal Nazi. Whoa. Not using that metaphorically, she aided the Nazis. I think the Chanel brand might be owned by a Jewish family now, though, so. I think that's true. Still didn't change the fact that she was a Nazi. Can we yeah, also. Yeah, no, just go for go them. Folks, go can, we, them. can we can we talk about the fact that Axe has a picture of a cinnamon bun in his house? I love it! He's got, like, <laughs> yes! he's got like a framed just, picture of a cinnamon bun hanging like, on his wall. All, all I can imagine is that Axe was like in one of the kids' homes, you know, in disguise as Philip from out of state or in disguise as like one of the kids, like Jake or whatever. He sees all of the pictures on the walls and he like, hold on, Prince Jake, why do you have so many pictures of you and your family members on the walls of your house? Have you concern that you will forget what you and your family members look like without these pictures as reference? And Jake's like, no, no, Axe, it's it's not that. You know, we just put them up. They commemorate important events. They show people we love. And Axe is like, so you have these pictures on your walls to to remind you of who and what you love. And Jake's like, yeah, yeah. And so Axe is like, I see. Marco, can you print me out a picture of a cinnamon roll at the school computer lab? <laughs> Marco's like, no questions asked. I fully understand. I will help you with this. Cinnamonbunhub.com. Marco's just doing it for the meme. Marco probably made him one of those one of those photo montages, those like photo collages that kids in the '90s would make on their when they had their computers. They just make a like a photo collage of like a bunch of pictures of cinnamon buns, <laughs> just all smashed together. Oh my gosh! Can we talk about octopi and cannibalism again? Okay. <laughs> no, we haven't. no, we don't actually need to because it's barely related at all. It's not really related. It's just a, a point. I, I, I'm i curious. Really I'm curious about cannibalism. So I was having this discussion with a group chat I'm in for a series of books. It, it's not a school group chat about books. It's a fun group chat. Well, An unrelated series of books. Extracurricular. Anyway, we were talking about like the gradations of cannibalism and what does and does not count as cannibalism. And like are certain types of cannibalism more ethical than others, even leave, leaving aside the dangers of, like, prion disease. And so we were talking about, like, is it cannibalism if you eat a person, a sentient being, who is not the same species as you? And we were like, no, we think cannibalism has to be same species, Is but it's still, if you're eating, like, another sentient being that's, like, a person, that's really ethically morally whatever wrong right so we we're talking about like what do you call that and i proposed um sapiophagy and that's what i consider eating octopi sapiophagy yeah. what is that when you eat when uh, from i made the word up from sapien from sapio from sapiens from like i don't oh. know what that actually means but and then phagy 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 i don't know how to pronounce it the greek root word for eating if i'm remembering correctly yes i'm pretty sure that you're mixing greek and latin there but i I don't don't care i don't care so don't be a prescriptivist i I, I don't care so it's all right 
my point is that happens that's how i feel about octopi i don't eat octopi even though i eat basically any other seafood because i feel like it is ethically and morally wrong okay so so this is relevant because they're wondering about how sapient or sentient chimpanzees are but they don't eat the chips i think no but i do think chimps would be similar where it's like it's not cannibalism but it is wrong probably i don't know i think it's a taboo here's my question Did here's my question do things have to be considered cannibalism to be considered wrong or can other no, things I think be we're considered just, wrong we're, just, we're, we're analyzing the strictures of cannibalism i mean cannibalism uh-huh. isn't always wrong yeah there are some cultures where it's accepted but it can give you some nasty disease yeah you want to stay away from that brain tissue folks that's that's a psa for anyone listening which is just like two tas and our professor probably <laughs> don't eat people's brains hey, I, well, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know th- that I don't think we need to, I, I think they probably, hopefully they already know. Why did none of them think of the castration thing? They know it heals stuff. They use morphing to heal stuff. Cassie! Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, they just might not, not have been thinking about the fact that castration is what makes bulls not flip out constantly. I feel like that's a pretty present concern when screwing around with cows, said Zeus. <laughs> Uh, if you're if you're a kid and you just see a bunch of cows you're not thinking like oh you know perhaps one of or more of them if i morph them would actually be like a totally different acting animal i i don't think they anticipated turning into loud boys with balls because they just (laughs) they just forgot like they just that just they just you know it was an oversight exactly that's what i'm saying or an undersight is what the case may be utter sight, if you will. Uh, <laughs> is it worth talking about the fact that they coated Mr. Three in poop? I think we can just accept that. I think that, that we just accepted great. that because it's great. So you're willing to accept that that happened. I mean, I'm willing to accept that within the previously established framework that I'm working from. I don't. I don't know why you feel the need to qualify it. To I this just think it's because funny. this happened. This all happened. No, uh, this all I happened don't as think this part in particular happened. I think that someone somewhere saw Visser 3 as an imperialist and was like, you know what, we need to defame him. I feel like Visser 3 has a very poop-smearable face. You're just talking about Aloran. <laughs> I'd like you to redact that adjective phrase. I shan't. <gasps> Poor Aloran. Poor Aloran. How exactly do you program a computer to kiss butt like that, Tobias wondered. What? Project Obedience is designed to use genetically engineered biological components to erase those portions of the human responsible for free will. Say what, Marco said? Project Obedience has successfully tested Formula 71 on chimpanzees and Earth species related to humans. 100% success has been achieved thanks to the genius of Visser 3. Oh yeah, it's, it's Alexa's predecessor. It, it, this robot is so excitable. Jeff Bezos' voice. Alexa. Please release mind control substances into the burgers. Okay. <laughs> now releasing mind control substances into the burgers. I love Jeff Bezos so much. Ah, <laughs> that's what it's basically saying at the end of every sentence. This robot. Alexa, execute order 66. So if, you, if you'll follow me to the sort of chain of events that is described in this book that is factual, which is that Visser 3 came up with this idea. Where do you think he came up with this idea? Bad sci-fi novels. Does he Sailor read? Moon? I feel like there's probably a predecessor for this. Are there GMOs? Are there GMOs in Sailor Moon? Probably. I think that there's probably a predis- like a predecessor for this in Yurk culture, given that they all mindlessly swim about blindly in a pool. 
They're not mindless, though. They're hanging out. They're vibing. They're chatting. We hear about them chatting. They're chilling, yes. They're blindly swimming about in a pool, oblivious to whether or not there is or is not someone above them. So That's just because of their sensory limitations. I'm aware of that. I'm trying to say that someone could take advantage of their state <laughs> and perhaps do something with the Condrona rays, control them. Maybe Visser 3 thinks that because Yerks have a different physiology and... You know, it's an empire. They want to be able to control their subject. Yeah. Mm. That tracks. I mean, I think it's possible. I don't have any evidence for it, but I don't think Visser 3 <laughs> would refer to American or Japanese culture for this. Okay, well, I think I'm going to go eat a nice juicy burger. Stay safe. You're disgusting. Oh. <laughs> I'm not actually. I would die. I know. <laughs> yeah, all of your gut flora would be like, no. I do wonder, like, what the effect of me eating fish, you know, maybe twice a month has on my gut flora in terms of, like, could I eat meat without dying? But I don't want to test it, so... I think yeah, there's a specific a protein in beef that makes mm. beef particularly hard to digest without, you know, gotcha. an intake. But anyway. I could be wrong. Anyway. Parker, Tobias... Wait. Yep. <laughs> Tobias, on the in Chapter 24, mm-hmm. Prince Jake and Tiger Morph, Cassie and Wolf Morph... Marco and Gorilla Morph, Tobias wheeling and plunging to rip and tear. Oh, God! Oh, I love a Doom it's reference. That's a great Doom reference. I, a I don't. great Doom reference. It could actually. It could actually have been a reference to Doom, potentially. Doom kids who love Doom, because Marco loves Doom, and so does Jake. Marco, do, Marco loves Doom, and at this point, Doom was out, and I think the comics were out at this point, which is where that phrase originates from. Oh, it's from the comics. I didn't know that. Mm. Oh, that's good to know. All right, stay safe, everybody. Bye. Bye. Just a heads up, the acid jail cell joke is a paraphrased quote from the book Harrow the Ninth by Tamsin Muir, so um, we didn't make that up. Please don't sue us. Thanks. Bye. The Morph Report is now on Patreon. We care a lot about accessibility, and we want to provide transcripts for our podcasts. However, we are not able to keep up with the transcripts ourselves, for much the same reason that we care about accessibility in the first place. To help offset these costs, we have introduced two preliminary tiers on Patreon at a $2 and $5 level, and we are working on more. If you're interested in supporting us so that we can transcribe our episodes and also so that we can pay for our hosting fees on Pinecast, please look us up or follow the link in the episode description or on Twitter. Thank you. Stay safe. Thanks to Noelle Micarelli for the use of their songs Comic Book Girl, off the EP Field Notes from Another Place, and Complicated Spoon. You can find more of their music at noellemicarelli.bandcamp.com. The Morph Report is hosted by Marina Malucci, Scrivener Lamb, and Blythe. You could follow us on Twitter at Morph Report. If you have a question for the Podmorphs, tweet at us or send us an email, and we'll answer it on the show. Our email is themorphreport at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. love the Animorph series? How about podcasts? Do you love podcasts? Well, then listen no further, dear listener, and allow me to introduce the Animorphs podcast directory. 
Here you'll find an ever-growing list of Animorphs-themed podcasts to sit your every Animorphin desire.